Hello everybody and welcome to this new episode. My name is Sarah and this is Amsterdamus, the podcast that introduces you to amazing women from Amsterdam. I am sure we have all been there at some point when we were younger, when we were a teenager. We felt like the world is against us and nobody can really understand us. We felt like we were not being hurt. Many children and young people in the Netherlands share the same feeling. And they are, in fact, really probably not being hurt because they have a certain cultural background, social class, or they are from a certain neighborhood. Even more important that these kids have someone that really listens to them and supports them. Those are the credible messengers of the organization Adamas. And my guest for today, Drita Haidini, is one of them. Welcome, Drita Haidini. Thanks for being with me today. Hi, good morning. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Could you please explain what is Adamas? Um, yes, Adamas is actually a network uh, with different kind of professionals, various professionals, criminologists, um, experienced experts. Uh, they know the street and um, they actually try to stand up for, for young people who often feel unseen or unheard. Uh, we really understand their frustrations because a lot of us have... Uh, some kind of a background, uh, but also uh, we understand their ambitions because on a daily basis you can hear the things that you will be doing wrong. However, sometimes you just need somebody to tell you that you're doing stuff good too. Um, Adamans also means voracious. So it is a Greek word actually uh, that refers to indestructible gemstones and that arise through intense um, resistance. And that's actually like the people we work with. If you give them a lot of attention, uh, positive vibes, a new network, uh, they can really grow to something really big and really beautiful. Uh, it, it's also a stone, of course, uh, and a word that tries to protect you from negative influences and... Um, Yeah, they try to protect you against toxic external influences and people and try to make you, yeah, what, what, how should I say this actually, stronger in your own shoes. Yes. How did you get involved with this organization? Uh, it's actually, it was a project before in, um, in America and in some other countries. Uh, and from there on, it flew on to the Netherlands. Uh, in Amsterdam, we have lovely people who have seen a lot of chances and a lot of mistakes between citizens and systems. Um, it was like a gap, actually. And uh, I came here because somebody asked me if I would like to do something. Uh, everybody that works with us or is in our team has a different type of motivation and also very, very much tries to make a difference on a daily base. And with that mindset, we put our powers together and we built something like Adamas. 
So the concept is based on on role models or credible messengers of people that know the area and the neighborhood and the people. Yes. Why do you think that's so important? Why do you think this is a better way to reach children and young people in the area? Um, we quite frankly have a lot of respect for people who have learned in books and everything, um, but books won't show you life. Uh, a lot of us have lived or have worked with people who have had a lot of backlash. Um, and because of the fact that we know how it feels and we also see the cultural differences, the way you grow up, the systematic differences, um, we, we have a lot of affection with that. And I think because we stand different in it, we've seen both sides also as a professional, but also as a citizen itself, uh, you, you try to search for other solutions. We really are trying to build a bridge between system and citizens, um, especially for the young folks, actually. Yeah, I think this is a problem that a lot of governments or authorities are facing, that they're just too far removed from the people, that it's also theoretical, but it actually has nothing to do with the life experience of the people in a certain area or in a certain neighborhood. Yes, but also sometimes they can't. Mm -hmm. um, the old system has made it sometimes that you cannot move the way you would like to move. And then you, you need a, a group of people that stands for their rights and for who they are and their beliefs and the changes that they want to make. And that can be only possible if you bring those powers together and this, this energy uh, on basis of motivation uh, and not target-wise, we have to have targets, we need this amount of money to do this or that. Uh, we actually really look at who do we have in front of us, what are the needs of this person. Um, a, lot of, a lot of places do that, of course, but I think the difference with us is really we've been there, we've seen it, uh, we felt it, but because we are the first that start screaming, <laughs> we can also make the difference uh, by building those bridges. So what, what must have seemed impossible for some other people, because we're not like an organization only, but a real network. Uh, we have now around 45 people working on our team. Everybody has a, a different background or different life experience. And with that, you can match easier with the people that, that come to you for a need of help. From your perspective and your experience, who are the children or the young people in the Netherlands that are overlooked or not heard enough? I think a lot. I cannot really answer this question with a straightforward Uh, answer because a lot of times we look at young folks and we think like oh they must have done something really bad to to get a stamp or something we don't look at it like that uh, we also look at young people like you may be vulnerable with but your vulnerability uh, you could also put that into a power if you feed it with the right people and the, the, the right amount of time that you are willing to put in for your own future. So I think it actually counts for all the, all the young people, but especially for the people that might have some kind of a migration background. Um, that it seems to be like, instead of just fighting for who they are, they also have to fight for an, 
identity that has been created on social media, on news, uh, growing up here, um, but also growing up somewhere else within your heart, it can be very difficult. And also a lot of us here come, um, or our second or third generation, our parents did not know for sure what they were doing. They came with the vision to give us a chance and themselves, of course. Um, and then if you have a system that keeps saying negative thoughts and thinks about you, then it gets very personal. So you grow up with the feeling like I have to give myself twice as much uh, to be seen or let's mess it up anyway, because that's what people expect from me. So it's a very, very big group, actually. You know, your project had me thinking about the banlieue in Paris, the, the suburbs that have a really bad reputation. And obviously, it's just normal people living there. There are good and bad people just as in, in any neighborhood and area. But if you grow up there, it comes with a certain stigma or a certain label. So yeah. just due to this location, the young people there do not start at the the same spot like other people are never given the, the same chances. Do you think exactly. that's comparable? In some way it is. It really is. Um, like I said before, by the books it might not seem like that, but by the feelings it really is. I think especially with everything we had with COVID right now, it's been very visible. <laughs> Do you think there is a difference when it comes to boys and girls how they are seen but also the chances that they are giving or the labels that are attached to them just because of certain areas or backgrounds uh i really do actually um first yeah beforehand for the girls we most likely like to think of them if something happens that they are victims uh but that is not always the case uh i know that a lot of people also have have questions when they see at uh, when they look at our, our uh, website and they are like it looks so masculine <laughs> um but that's because there is a actually there is not a lot of difference between them except for ladies are more emotional creatures so they get led by that too and by men if they will do something it's more like if a, a, some kind of a macho feeling uh seen and being seen uh kind of a stage status and i think that's just the only difference it is because the way social media has made stuff now in this world the the, the line is very thin no matter if you're a boy or a girl um the, the problematic with the girls has been so silent that actually they took over the, the, the work of the guys, let's put it that way, because they have been unseen, because everybody keeps saying, oh, you must be a victim, girls don't do stuff like that. Um, that's very much untrue. I think over the years, a lot of attention has got to to uh, younger men, boys, Um They had the money for it. They made the top thousand, top six, six hundred, six hundred and a thousand. Um, and they really, really put an effort in it. However, they also have put those people in places where they cannot longer grow. They put them in a, like in jail, in a society that they cannot grow from. Uh, and if that's your prime existence, how will you know that what, what there is out front of your door 
if you do not know, you will not look up for it. And for girls, it's the same. But with their vulnerability, it is more more likely uh, because of their emotions that they can be manipulated in a different way. We will talk about the girls in a minute. I just have one more question because you already mentioned the top thousand and the top 400 list that are used by the government of the Netherlands and we already spoke about areas having like a certain reputation of due, often due to a higher percentage of migrant families do you think that the Dutch government is kind of creating a, a self-fulfilling prophecy here like this really makes me think of that movie from like the early 2000s it's called Minority Report like by putting people on the list you are creating an environment and like certain stereotypes that creates like a setting where it actually is more like likely for for people yes. to to fall into certain traps um somewhere i think it is true and somewhere i also think it's not because if you are a danger to yourself or to others i think that it should be noticeable but also for you to be able to get get the help because a lot of young people do not get the help because they might be ashamed or they might be too much with one leg in one side of their world. Um, but somehow, sometimes I do think it's not beneficial for them. Um, and more likely, not at the moment that they get that, let's call it a label. We don't like labeling at all, but <laughs> it, I know it's it's going to be seen like that. Um, it's more likely that after uh, the aftermath, let's say you were in the top thousand and you want to get a job afterwards, that could be very hard. Um, and that is the moment that you need somebody that stands with you, with uh, that knows your rights too and fights with you for that. And what you actually see is that the moment they do something and they come into those lists, it must be with a reason. However, the aftermath... Uh, the aftercare, let's put it that way, that could be much better because that's where where a lot of them keep being stuck because they cannot move towards a different um, perspective that they want to work in. They cannot feed their ambitions because they keep being told what they have done wrong or they keep being get pulled back by sometimes those things. And like I said before, some people really do need it. That's a fact for sure. Uh, but I I wish it, there would be a lot more of transparency in it. You are specifically focused on the group of vulnerable girls. Could you quickly walk me through what that actually means? Like, are you a street worker or are you setting up programs for girls? How how do I have to picture that? Both. <laughs> yes. Um, no day no day is the same actually. Uh, it depends. We sometimes we work together with a lot of other um, people in Amsterdam too. Also, governmental stuff we work it with, um, but we we really try to look who is the girl that we have in front of us or the lady. Um, what are her needs? It can be very different. Somebody could come in and say, "Hey, I need a job. Could you help me fix my CV?" and um, I don't know how, how I should handle this. I don't feel so secure to do this. Um, it could be that easy. Also, that, that doesn't need to be easy, but it could be something like that. Or it could be somebody that has been um, 
in an environment that was very hurtful for them, a lot of abuse. Um, so it's very tough to say that we try to measure for every girl what their needs are and how we can do that. Um, and from there on, we always try to build a new network for them within our place. So also that uh, by forms of peer-to-peer -peer education, um, but also making giving them a new network when they do uh, stuff at our home base uh, so that they learn more about each other, uh, each other's ambitions, and from there on start to create something new for their own perspective in the future. You said it before, and I have to admit I had the same impression that when I looked at your website, I thought it was very masculine, to be honest. So there were like a lot of topics of radicalization, gang violence. Yeah. And yes, we do face the problem that girls are still, or women's issues are still kind of overlooked in our society, or they're more like an, an afterthought. Do you also think that um, it's maybe some sort of biased look that we have that we just also automatically assume that girls are more soft and more gentle because I'm pretty sure there are also girls and women in the Netherlands that have radicalized themselves or that are involved in gang violence for example yes um, at this point with the influence that social media has had over the years um, I really think that also with the girls there there is a little bit of hardening um, I understand that the, the website might look a little bit masculine, but it's still the target audience we're dealing with. Uh, it is a work in progress, though, um, because at this moment uh, we are still writing like columns and stuff for our website specifically for the girls. We have mentioned them, but also because of privacy, sometimes we don't put stuff about them. Um, uh, like I said before, the there can be a very big difference in what the problem might be with those girls. It could be that they could come from a lover boy circuit, uh, but it could also be, like I said before, something that that won't take as much, much energy and time. Um, so I really think somehow it may look masculine, but it is what it is, really. So male teenagers, for example, can be victims of racial profiling by the police. We just mentioned the yep. top thousand at the top 400 list which is mainly targeting boys what mm -hmm. are structural issues girls have to deal with or are endangered by i think sometimes the systematic procedures like i said before girls are emotional creatures <laughs> um and with that being said if you've been in a situation where you've been abused or whatsoever and you want to make the step to the police um, that can be a very hard step. It can feel very lonely. But also, sometimes the risks you take by doing that might seem harder than staying in the situation that you are. Um, and it's not because those women are not strong or those, those young girls. It's most likely because they don't know different. Um, and in the system, if you would like to go to the police, by example, um, you have some some people that don't know the rules or uh, you you get information and then they will say like uh, make sure it's uh, th that you have told the truth because otherwise you will be the one in trouble uh, and by that sometimes there gets uh, created fear and by that fear they quite frankly cannot think properly anymore because they have been living in fear for a very long time in no matter what way 
uh, and when I say relationship, uh, I really do not mean be, be between a man and a woman only, because that's also something that everybody tries thinking very fast, just like thinking that all the girls are uh, butterflies and rainbow uh, girls. <laughs> that's not true. Um, I think I think there is a big gap within the system uh, for men and women to be really heard without without even having the feeling that somebody is judging you by the story you are telling because it may be your truth somebody else might not understand it but it still is your truth your 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 experience yeah like being seen as an an individual without certain gender roles or gender stereotypes i guess yeah we're not always thinking oh it must be a victim or um she won't do this again. She's let's say she stole something from some older people, uh, or she's put herself online by accident with a picture. Um, I think it differences from the choices you have made within the moment. Because a meaning of if you steal something from an elderly person, you have thought about it. You have the time to consider the fact that you are going to do. However, when somebody leaks your picture online, that is not a choice you have made. Um, so I think it's a difference in the system that you really have to look like what, what is the, yeah, uh, what, 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 what started it and what is there needed for them to let that go and start for their future for themselves. Yeah, I really think that, that there is a gap to fill within that. Yeah, that kind of nicely leads to my next question, because as a grassroots organization, you are working from the bottom up. But yeah. from your perspective, which large structural changes do we need in the Netherlands to keep children and young people safe and to make sure that they all have a chance and a sustainable, healthy future? I really think that we should see people as people, not as numbers, not as targets. You see also that from the government side, they will put some money down for it. They will invest in it. But they there's always also the possibility that it can be taken away from you. So there needs to be some more stabi stability in that. Yeah, uh, systematic changes, a lot of systematic changes actually. Um, that could be by age, that could be by uh, by law, that could be by help. You have a lot of waiting lists also now. If you if you would like to go for a, um, a mental health uh, help, you might wait for nine months. <laughs> if, if, if it's not like a crisis, that might be it. So I think that the people that have been doing this work for many years, they have done it for too long by themselves. Um, and now you see that a lot of people fall out f fall out from it because of being ill or very tired or um, also that within the sector not being heard. You want to make a difference, but you can't because of rules and <laughs> whatever. So I think it needs a lot of structural changes. I need that we have to to put sometimes our our own needs aside and to take care about. The younger generation, actually. What can each of us do to support vulnerable children and young people in the Netherlands? Uh, listen, most frankly, listen to them. 
Uh, a lot of people, we like to project our own needs, our own vision when somebody comes to us for help as people being. But it's really a piece of art to listen to somebody, even when they are not speaking. It doesn't have to be formal always. It's good to have formality, but it's it's working with people. So you have to move with them also, actually. What are the plans for the future? What happens next? Well, we're growing and growing and growing. <laughs> we just uh, opened our own home base. Uh, so we finally have our own spot. We give trainings there. We uh, do private uh, constellations there. Um, and the plans are more projects, more people coming to us for help. Um, we hope to keep it in the way like it is now with no waiting lists. That's very important for us too. That's why we keep growing as a team also. Um, what we've done is before we started with Adamos, each of us have uh, done um, a little bit of education for six months. Uh, and within those six months, you really try to look, to learn to look at who am I? Uh, what is my position in the community? What can I build from that? And how can I take people with me to build that together from this community? Um, I think we need more people like that, but also people to find us, uh, to, to straighten each other, to give each other the power to do that. But also having a, a big network is really powerful. I think that really makes a difference with us. Like I said before, we have 45 uh, colleagues at this point, everybody with a different background and expertise. Um, so when somebody comes within our home base, it gets we can make almost always a match because we have so much different people on our own floor. That perfectly matches my last question. How can people support you, your work and Adamas? Well, first of all, if you have any questions, please contact us. Feel free to, to get in touch with us. I think, yeah, we're still learning also. We really are still learning. We just started. So if there is feedback for us to grow from, we would love to hear that. Um, but we would also like to build an uh, a even bigger network so that also when we have those vulnerable people uh, over our floor, that we can help them in a in a way that is safe and safe and solid actually. Drita Haidini, thank you very much and good luck with everything. Thank you for the time. Have a good day. And that's it for today's episode. Thank you very much for tuning in and for supporting this podcast. If you want to support Amsterdamus even more, there are several options to do so. You can check out the Amsterdamus Facebook page and leave a review. Depending on which podcast app you are using to listen to this podcast, you can also rate Amsterdamus there with a five-star review. In Apple Podcasts, for example, it is possible. Of course, you can also follow Amsterdamus on Instagram. In case you would like to give me some feedback or you know a person that needs to be interviewed for this podcast, you can send me an email. The email address is amsterdamuspodcast at gmail.com. Thanks again and have a great day.